Welcome back to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host today, Stephen Ebers. Today we've got Travis Owen, Nick Wilkie, and Matt Jackson. And we're here to talk ducks, geese, and all things waterfowl. Yes, uh, it's going to get interesting. I think uh, I think we've already had two podcasts in the last hour or so far <laughs> <laughs> worth of talking. So hopefully we've got something Dude, left it, to say. It's been a freaking good season. We've got... 294 birds, I believe, so far, and hopefully tomorrow we're going to crank that number up a bit. Yeah, I'm those excited. Are, those man. are rookie numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rookie numbers from no, mid-season. No, yeah, no, it's been the past, like, week and a half, two weeks has been pretty rough just because it's been so hard because the cold The weather, weather really just happened. hasn't been right at all. We had one cold push, and then besides that, I mean, really haven't seen much, and even... Lakes. I actually, uh, I hunted down at a club in um, Foley on Saturday afternoon after we got done with work, and my buddy asked me to come down, and uh, normally after hours down there, after the sun sets and you can't shoot anymore, there's birds everywhere flying all over the place. Well, there was nothing. We saw like maybe 15, 20 birds down at their club, and that's just not normal at all. And I think really what they're doing now is they're finding a place that they have food and water, and they're just sitting there all day because yeah. there's nothing to push them out. And I mean, we've had last night wasn't so, or yeah, last night and the night before weren't too bright because we had a little bit of cloud coverage. But besides that, you've um, been on some trips, haven't you? I've been on quite a few. I went to Colorado twice. Uh, Nick went once. And then uh, the first time we went, we killed 59 59. ducks in. Basically four, four days. days. We yeah. uh, we hunted the one day where we hunted for an hour. The place you could only hunt until one. We got there around twelve and we shot three. So, I mean, it wasn't a bad hunt for an hour. You know, getting three ducks and there was three yeah. on top of that. It was canvasbacks <laughs> and redheads. So the worst freaking terrain I've ever experienced and, in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they were. So I they think were, that's good to touch on because I mean I don't know what's good terrain. So we what's were, bad terrain? This is. Really bad terrain. So first off, the, we're at seventy five hundred feet, so, we so there's found, no oxygen. Right, so we, uh, we found some we birds. We know all on this about lake. that, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> day, day one in Colorado, nobody's adapted. I drove in from Arizona at sea level. He drove in from six hundred feet in Missouri. Everybody's gasping for air. The mud was thick, like sticky, so your boots sinking a foot into it, and then you, it's hard to pull out. But on top of that, you're walking on like some grass which looks like solid ground and then all of a sudden you're sinking up to your knee (laughs) or your chest yeah and like my uh dylan walked all the way across that lake for uh one of the birds i don't don't even know how he did that dude i don't either so what you're saying is the terrain was okay for the ducks but it was crappy for the hunters for us we were gonna okay the plan the plan was to hunt that place the first day Mm. and after that we were like, we need to find somewhere yeah, else. We're to like, hunt. we're not gonna hunt this tomorrow morning. This is awful. Because you and had scouted it that day when we were driving. <laughs> ducks out. everywhere. <laughs> he was there, ducks everywhere. He scouted it the day we were driving out. Like, cool, we got a place to hunt. So we went out there that next day. We're like, we're not hunting this yeah, again. There's this no again. way. <laughs> and I, I, I was like trying. I'd get a knee up on the grass. I was like, okay, sweet. You know, I, I have some ground to stand on. And then I get my other knee up. And then I'd go to take one step on top of it, and you'd fall through up put to your, your chest, and your you're like, oh, my gosh. In the mud. <laughs> and, you know, the oxygen's terrible, so you're gasping for air. And after I got out of there, I was like, dude, I don't want to hunt here ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. But then we found some places with some really good uh, – it, it wasn't 
a bunch of holes everywhere. It wasn't where terrible. The, the one place, we, the horseshoe that we haunted, it yeah, wasn't the horseshoe the, was good. The water was about waist deep, and you would sink down a little bit. We had in that, decent hunts there. It wasn't had, like, yeah. it, we didn't kill limits every time we went, but we had, what, five guys, and we kill, I don't know, maybe ten ducks. Right, or and a whatever. lot of that had to do with just how the weather was. It was... It got Full up to moon, 50, 65 de- 50 degrees. degrees, 60 degrees every day, and ducks just don't fly. They they don't have to move. They can and just sit wherever they can go at. wherever at night. You know, they can see the Yeah, I was going to say, that water. full moon, that, that makes it better for them. Mm-hmm. We'll say we did have some, there we did have some birds moving in over us as we were walking out. And as the sun was set, we had yeah. birds moving in over top of us and going out to feed and stuff. Because yeah. at that point, they can still see, and the moon moon's coming out, and they can see whatever they need to see. Yeah. That, so that was kind of crappy but then we found another place to go the last day we went out there and we killed i think 16 yeah we killed a pretty good amount we killed quite a few i killed my first pintail we killed some uh yeah killed my first canvas back there we killed this year we've killed a lot more pintail than we usually do i think we yeah we killed three on opening day here last year we only killed like maybe two yeah and we killed i think seven this year so far so well no because opening day we killed you're right. I killed a drake. Claire killed a drake. And, and killed I killed a hen. So, yeah, we've, we're we up to like 10 probably this year. And then they killed one, Dylan and Joe, and them killed, and Hank killed. Oh, they killed three they yesterday. Killed, th- did they kill three? I thought it, they said one pintail. But whatever, yeah. yeah. They kill, they've killed like, pintail, so too. So we're up know? to like 13 pintail this and year. And that's unusual? That's very unusual. Because I've killed a lot, I've killed like two or three pintail hens, but then I never killed a drake till this year. And I shot one, and then I took my wife out. It was like her second time duck hunting. I've been duck hunting for eight years, and she killed a drake yeah, pintail on opening, opening day. day. You were, you I was were, like, are you he, kidding me? <laughs> on opening day, he was walking out to pick up another duck that he had shot off the right side of the blind. It was the same blind that we, we hunted that day with oh, you. Oh, yeah. And he was walking out in the corn to pick up something else that he shot, and that pintail came out. I was like, shoot it, Claire. And she shot it and dropped it, and I, I looked at it. I was like, that's a pintail drake. Yeah, <laughs> no, and I shot my pintail at gray light because it was shooting time it was opening day and we were gonna fill our limits (laughs) and so i did didn't you oh yeah no we killed a three-man limit yeah Yeah. and uh walked out there one of the first birds i shot and i picked it up and i was like gosh dang it i shot a pintail i was telling telling my dad yesterday that picture of me and you that we took on opening day yeah i had a a pintail drake i had a mallard drake and i had the redhead drake all on one side of my strap and i was like that's a pretty cool picture because you you don't get to kill all three of those in one hunt normally like redhead's a diver you don't you don't really get to shoot too many redheads there's been a lot of redheads killed this year really too i killed a lot last year too i think redheads redheads and then you don't get to shoot a pintail drake every day mallards they're mallards are pretty regular ducks there's more mallards than there are just about anything the thing right behind mallards, I think, is blue wing teal or green wing teal. Green wing teal, yeah. And then but, you get into like the other ducks like that. You probably gadwall, and you yeah. see a lot of gadwall. Gadwall, listen. <laughs> I well, we were talking about it the other day on the way to a reservation that we had, and uh, I said, "Man, do you think gadwall decoys so well?" because they're brown and they just like have more chances like uh mallard drake is super bright super vibrant you know attracting lots of predators and uh gadwall are a brown duck so they blend in better and they decoy amazing a lot of people hate shooting brown ducks i love shooting gadwall because they work like they make you feel like a really good hunter like even if you're not and you're you're not the best caller 
You can still decoy. You can still decoy. <laughs> well, we had some that were we were hunting that horseshoe. The first day we hunted that horseshoe, mm-hmm. we had three gadball come off from the left. They scooped down, and then they like looked at our decoys and kept going. They were going to land was, on the other side of the horseshoe. The, that's one reason I say, like, it makes you feel like a really good caller because we they, just they, hit them hard. They came. They came down real low. Probably like. <laughs> We couldn't hardly see them because the sun was coming up. I right could in see them off the reflection of the water, but I couldn't and so see them. We figured they were probably 10, 15 feet off the water. And Joe even said, I don't know who all was calling at him. I, I assume me and Dylan were. And yeah, I he was had, too. And I was Joe too. asked me, he was like, that was, or he said, that was really cool because we hit them really hard right when they got to that corner and we could hardly see them they were like i bet you they were not two feet off the water at that point like i thought they were gonna go down over there and we all just screamed at them and they they turned they flew three feet over the water all the way to us and we shot all three of them yeah it was great <laughs> you guys talk about that Sound. calling like that and to me you know and i'm not an experienced duck or goose hunter but the one time that i did go mm-hmm. you know i had a buddy of mine calling and uh-huh. I, i'm used to turkey calling you know and he's calling to these geese that are barely in my vision oh and i'm yeah. thinking okay this guy is wasting my time here you know what? Right. <laughs> there's no way that these geese can hear him uh-huh and they turn and they come in i thought you know what you know I think they were just turning to come in. Right. They just, yeah, but they he did just, it again and again. Right. And I was totally amazed. I've never seen anything call like this. is the most powerful in, tool in your in your entire toolbox because we went to Mountain Grove. My, my uncle even told us a story that day about how he had he's done that before and he's called geese from a long way out. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I can't. Yeah. So you, that's that's common practice. Well, it's not super common, but you can't. It's possible. We were at uh, Fountain Grove, and we were in one of the blinds. We went up there for an all-day hunt. You can hunt from uh, thirty minutes before sunrise to sunset. In those blinds, you can. Yeah. And you can't in all the walk-in areas or whatever. But that's, I mean, we were in a blind. So, and we weren't in the greatest blind, anyways. But we figured, you know what, we get to hunt. And this year, since COVID, they went to, um, instead of having a poor line or having it to where you get a reservation, you get a pill, and then whatever your number is, that's the number and sequence that you pick, you know, your place. Now, each pill, like each number... It represents a hunting spot now. Yeah, it's a hunting spot. So if you pull pill 22, or if you pull pill 1... It's not necessarily the best pill anymore. It's now pill one is it's you know, allocated to this spot exactly. Gotcha. Okay, and so we pulled this blind. We went up there, brought some, like I think two dozen goose floaters, and then about uh, eight dozen ducks. Yeah, he had two dozen because we're driving a boat anyways. You might as well pack heavy, load it down. And <laughs> so we're sitting there, and we had killed a few ducks that morning. And I'm sitting there in the blind, kind of leaning out a little bit. And I see these two dots, and I mean, they're a long ways away. They're over the treetops. And I said, are those crows or are those geese? And I was like, well, I don't know. He's so like, I, I just take out my goose call and I start long I forgot my I forgot my goose yeah, so or my he, call. He forgot his at calls the at home. The most so important I, thing you right, need, right? So I, right. Toolbox. I, yeah. gave, <laughs> I gave him one of my calls to duck call, and I only have one goose call in my lanyard. So anyway, these geese are way out there. And I'm like, whatever, you know. So I just start long calling. And, Which is a, a real loud, drawn out burr. So that's the one that my uncle does. Like when I long call, 
I like to do more of a block on like a, it's it just it travels farther and they kind of hear that sound they're like what is that right you know? they think it, I mean it sounds like a goose and it doesn't have to sound real great it just has to sound like a goose and then they catch because you know they're these birds we we googled it later or onyx dropped a point and then dropped another point approximately where they were and the tree line they were flying over what it looks like would look like they were flying they might have been further out or a little bit closer but they were that far out it was three quarters of a mile away that's i believe that that's what i was seeing mm-hmm. on this day i was talking about and, it and i was, couldn't believe it and so uh half mile so I his think uncle was, kenny geez, had a flag seems like a long ways his uncle kenny had a goose flag which is Basically, a uh, fiberglass stick has two fiberglass arms coming off of it, and then it's got the silhouette of a goose and, with the colors of a goose, and then on the other side, it's camouflage. So he's my uncle's doing the ba and I'm doing the what I do. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of two different sounds, and then Travis is flagging and all at the same time. I see these geese flagging. Uh, yeah, so I'm to flag. I flap really hard to make those fiberglass wings kind of bend in a little bit just like a goose's wings do and it bends in a little bit and i do like three or four flaps and then i drop the flag like a goose is flapping and then it lands and so you just do that over and over again when they're way far out and these geese turn and i was like i looked at nick and i was like no they they were they were probably they were a lot less than they were when we first saw them they swung out far out to our right more out in front of us now and i looked up and nobody else was really looking at them i looked up and they they started gliding and when geese start gliding, geese are different than ducks they're bigger so they have they have to come down a lot more a lot slower so they from further out they started gliding and when geese start gliding it's a good right. really good thing so i turned to them i was on the right side of the line i turned to them i go they're gliding. Get ready. <laughs> now, how far out are they? They're, they're, they're so they they were probably at that point. They were probably they half might, the distance. They might have been probably. Uh, I'd say they were six hundred, seven hundred yards okay. out. That's yeah, they're they a good ways. So too. and it it's just comparable to landing. A duck is like a biplane, like a Alaskan bush plane, and a goose is like a B two bomber. Right. So gotcha. these things are locking up way out there just to lose some of their elevation because they're flying long distances. I don't know. But, I I feel like those were migrators. Right. But when the one thing that is kind of the same though, so they came around and they came all the way in gliding. So I'm on the right side of the blind, so I kind of peek my head out the right <laughs> side of the blind. I'm looking out of Nick's hole and. I, I look up and they're coming and their wings are almost touching. It was the up, coolest, wow. like they coming had down. And they were just out, wings almost touching. I mean, they might have had two or three inches in between their wings, and they were literally looked like a cup. Yeah, like it was it was coming so cool and straight dropping down. straight down. They couldn't they couldn't have been coming very much on an angle. They were dropping straight out of the air. So we. I didn't really see them when so they went out in front of us. One of, they go, so they, they're dropping, 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 kind of maple leafing, which is when they tilt back and forth and they're losing altitude. They go out in front of us and to the left. And what I like to do is whenever geese are quartering away at me, I like to take that flag and just pull it maybe a foot off the ground, if that, maybe a little bit more, but and just give like 
one flap or maybe two flaps and then just set it right back down. Because these are weird because they, they turn their neck and look. And, and their eyes are set on the side of their head. So they're like a cow. You know, they can see most around, most of the way around them. Almost, probably like, I don't know, 270 degrees. Right. But okay. they can actually see behind them if they turn their neck and look. And I did. I just reached up out of the blind and I did a little flap and set it straight back down. And one of the geese stuck its neck and straight up looked right behind it and looked at where I just did that. And the other one went all the way upside down. They'll do this whenever they want to lose altitude really fast. Especially with geese. They'll flip all the way upside down. Their head stays level. And they flip their body upside down and then they'll drop like five feet. That's cool. And then they hooked... And they went to our left behind the blind, and they cupped up again. I mean, and wings doing the same thing. Wings two or and three inches apart, feet <laughs> straight out, catching as much air as they so could. The way that we had our They're goose coming. decoy, oh right? So the way we had our goose decoy set up that day, it was kind of messed up because the wind didn't come the way we late. thought, and it, it didn't blow very much. So we threw our duck decoys out in the middle of the hole just to give them. A little bit of something different, you know. They're, the bird, the ducks were pretty stale. Doing shapes after a while on stale ducks, they recognize patterns. Right. And if you make patterns, like I like, and for stale ducks, I just throw them out random because that's how ducks feed. They feed random. Uh, and yeah. So so the the goose decoys we had, we had two dozen goose decoys, and we had them set out on the left side of the blind, probably. 20 yards yeah. out to our right but they extended all the way across our pool or a little hole that we had you mean the and left yeah, yeah yeah on the left and they were coming from our right and my uncle's hunted a lot of geese and he knows hunted a lot of ducks he's hunted a lot and he he goes we're gonna need to take these when they come out in front which if we didn't take them when they, they came out landed. in front, they would have landed on the opposite side of our decoys, and nobody would have really had a shot except for my uncle, who was on the far left. So he said, "We're going to need to take these when they come over." And, <laughs> and about two seconds later, he said, "Take them." And I put. <laughs> we had panels in front of us with brush on them, so we all push our panels down. You just hear a bunch of clanging, and then everybody just so, started shooting. <laughs> when I got my gun kind of stuck behind me, so I couldn't get it out right away. When I finally got my gun pulled up, the goose on the left was just folded. It was dead. We, the three guys, three guys, me and both his dad and his uncle all shot at the left goose. I should have shot at goose. the right goose because that's what you're supposed to do. But I was so he had a lot, Travis had a lot of confidence in me that I was going to kill him. We were all excited. But I pull up and that goose is just dead already. It's dropping. So I look up at the one out in front of me. And it's flying away, and I picked out the right wing and shot, and it fell. And I picked out the left wing and shot. So Yeah, so I didn't know that at the time. So when it fell, I looked at Travis, and I go, did you shoot at that? And he goes, yeah. And I go, well, what did you shoot at? And he goes, the left wing. <laughs> okay. Dude. Well, my uncle goes out, and it was still alive. We didn't shoot it in the head, so he's chasing it down. He finally gets to it. He lays it down on the left side of the blind, and I walk over there. I just want to know if, if I hit it, he hit it, whatever. I walk up and both the wings are broken. I was like, nice I was shot, like, Travis. I was like, heck yeah, we're some killers. <laughs> <laughs> and we only, I mean, we didn't end up with that many birds that day. We ended up with, I think, nine. But nine for ducks stale and, ducks yeah. on a bad blind, I feel like that is superb. Because yeah. it's, I mean, we got there and the big, one of my pet peeves is a lot of the public blinds. Like we hunted a public blind opening day. 
and there's brush everywhere. I mean, we were really well camouflaged. We hunted that same blind like three or four days it later. It was the Tuesday after opening day. And so that was the day yeah. I went with you guys. Yeah, yeah, that's the day you went with us, and we had to rebrush that blind because everybody had trampled everything down. That blind that, uh, that blind that me and Nick hunted um, up at Fountain. It was, I mean, halfway, almost halfway into season. It looked like a freaking just a mud pile. Somebody rolled around in the yeah. Cocktails. Everybody, I mean, you have twenty five days or twenty days of people walking up and down this little mud pit and getting into the blind and nobody brushing it. And so uh, we had some issues with the truck. And Nick's uncle and dad went and uh, got some parts and fixed it in the middle of the day because nothing really was flying that much well while they did that me and nick went and we grabbed a ton of brush and just brushed the crap out of the blind and yeah. it ended up looking pretty well, decent i'm sure it looks like a are mark. ducks the same way when it comes to calling at that distance can they um you, it just it, like it depends the ones that are stale no you it, i don't know what no, stale duck is so that means like they've been shot at a lot and they've been called out a lot and they're just used to everything i call it educated right yeah, yeah exactly. same thing yeah. yeah same thing we just call them stale and it's just a different term for the I'm same saying. thing and yeah. they they uh if you have a duck that let's say you have a cold front last week a bunch of new ducks moving. They don't know what anything looks like. They don't know where everybody hunts, and they just think it's food. And so they come in for three days. They'll come in and just get the shit shot out of them. Right. And then you know, they're by the end of it, every group that's flying over has one duck that's been shot at in that pool before. And they're pulling up. And and, and they one, say one duck's pulling like, up like no no no. no, no, no yeah, no. They, they see a dark spot in the corn and they're like, oh whoa, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get shot at again. See, I never realized they were that small. And, and they, they get used it. to things like that. I see, did. another thing, cow facing, uh, cow right, And another <laughs> another thing that duck hunters have are robo ducks, which are spinning wing ducks that has a white flash on them. From a distance, it looks like a duck landing. flying down, landing, or getting up. Right. And with with that. They get close enough and they see it and they're like, whoa, 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 I've seen that before. And then they get out. And if they've seen it, like if they've been in the area and there hasn't been a, a bunch of new birds come in, or they've seen that a bunch. And you have one duck that's freaking, I mean, ducks live like 20 years, uh, or, really? uh, 15 to 20 years if nothing kills them, you know, somebody just said, from old age. Somebody said that there was a band shot and it was banded in... 2009 or earlier or it was banded in 2009 and it was hashed 2008 or earlier that's pretty cool i saw one shot uh i think it was last week and it was banded in 2007 and it was banded in 2000 it said uh, hatched in 2006 or earlier and that guy had to acid etch that band because it I was see, warm. Yeah, I saw that. It was so You couldn't warm. see the numbers on it. I think that, that was, was killed out in Colorado, but it was banded in Socorro, New Mexico. I got some friends that go to school yeah. down there. Wow. And I, th I thought that was pretty that's, cool. That's I, pretty I, cool. I, I never knew that either. Do you know that? That the ducks lived to be that long? Uh, that old? And I, I don't know how long did they live. Uh, like 15, 20 years. Sheesh. And yeah. So you got a duck that has lived 15, 20 years, how many spreads do you think he's seen? Oh, yeah. And how many right. times do you think he's been shot at? Especially if he's flying in the that duck's mid That's 15 years old. He's migrated 15 times from Canada all the way down to he's the, seen the south United 5, States. He's seen 5,000 mojos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Like spinning wing decoys right. and all that. I mean, 
if you get some of them old ducks, I mean, it, if you, you know, give them a rest between seasons, they're killable. But I think, you know, the older ducks learn a lot quicker than the younger ducks because they've seen it, you know, yeah. however many times before. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, I don't know how many times and that's, that's one happened thing to that me. we brought up the other Do day. Do something and then you remember you know how it works yeah. after not for you know not doing it for a long time or whatnot right. that's one thing we brought up the other day with my uncle obviously he'd been hunting a while and we said there seems to be more people going out and hunting and really kind of what i thought about it it's more or less not that it's the people that are shooting further at the ducks because of the more technology we have for our guns like chokes travis shoots a choke that can shoot <laughs> it, it can kill a bird at 80 yards but he's not shooting it because it can kill a bird at 80 yards. It, it's he's shooting that because it can kill it dead, dead at 30, 30. yards. And I, whenever I shoot birds, I know if I hit them or not. I mean, some other people might have hit them too, but whenever I shoot, I know if I hit them because it feels good and that bird is stone dead. Right. Whenever well, speak, I miss, speak I those clean jokes, miss. Let's, let's talk about the shot. You know, talk mm-hmm. about what size shots you use to shoot them birds. And, and you're talking 30 yards, and now you mentioned 80 yards. Right. To me, you're using some kind of heavy shot mm-hmm. at, at a distance like that. So, right. And yeah. teal season? loading you know, setting them up so, with... Yeah, teal season, when we were talking about that before we started the podcast, Travis shoots... Two and, and three quarters, and it, it could be five, six, or sevens. Anything that's not... I like... Excuse me. A lot of shot, and they're small birds. I don't want to tear them up too much. And I shoot two and three quarter because faster backup shots first off and then also i mean you're not beating the crud out of yourself and right. they're they're small and you're birds. Staying on your gun, on yeah the you're staying on every time you shoot that shotgun's coming straight back into your shoulder it's just like shooting you know regular 223 versus shooting an ar-15 with a buffer in it right. you can just it's coming right back into your shoulder and you're staying on target every time and it makes for way faster backup shots i think next year I'm probably going to shoot some two and three quarter two shot because just because of that reason. And if I'm shooting two shot, if it's, it doesn't matter what so it is, to it's going to gonna fold. Th- does it make sense then like the, the guns that shoot two and three quarter, three inch and three and a half that mm-hmm. you would either a load up with two and three quarter, then three inch and then three and a half, you know, to shoot as they get away. As from long them. as like your guns are reliable yeah. or yeah. change your shot size from, Seven and a half to six to fours, right, know, or something like that. Yeah, right, that's right. No, that, I know a lot of people, especially in goose season, um, and I've done it quite a bit. Just because at the beginning of every season, I almost always buy a case of two shot, and then by the end of season, I like to buy at least a, a couple boxes of three and a half BBs for geese. Because it's late season, they've got a lot of fat on them, they've got a lot of feathers on them. I mean, they're really hard to kill, but if they're at 30, you know, 20, 30 yards, I know I can, I can mess them up with a, with two shot, and since I'm buying that in bulk anyways, my first two shots, geese are slow. I'll shoot, you know, two shot, two shot, three and a half double B, and when they're flying away, if they're, especially if they're flying directly away, I pick a wing, right. and if I'm shooting the right wing or the left wing, whatever's closest, you shoot them, and it, you'll just see them flapping, and all of a sudden, a second later maybe, or a half a second later, their left wing just gets snapped, and they dive in the water, and then you go out in the boat and 
smoke them one more time with your garbage Kent ammunition. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I bought... Or your shells that won't prime when you shoot them. Right, no. I I shot Kents for a long time. They're not bad shells, but... uh, well, last, go, there goes the sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> last year, last year I did. Uh, I got rained on, and I had two misfires, Oof. and it really, because uh, I like to shove my brass side of my shell down into my shell holder on my waders, because your shells won't pop out on accident and drop in the water and you waste one. Well, then your crimps facing up, right, and. I got rained on, and they're supposed to be water-resistant, which I know it doesn't mean waterproof, but as long as I'm not dunking my shells in the water, they should be waterproof. Right. And I got rained on, and I missed two gorgeous Drake Mallards because of it, and I was kind of salty. That happened to me out in Colorado. I was shooting. Rios. We, we can't, you can't get them anymore. We get them from Rogers. We buy our cases of shells from Rogers. Well... Rogers doesn't carry Rio shells anymore, so now I'm shooting Federal. They did at but the beginning. Of the they season. did at the beginning of the season and last year. So that's what we had. We had a case of Rios. Well, out in Colorado, I had put my shells in my. Uh, I had a little Velcro pouch on my waders, and I put my shells in there. Well, they get a little wet every now and then, you know. And we were hunting that last day, oh, and man, I pulled I up on a Mallard Drake that was hovering, <laughs> just hovering. He said, and I'm going to kill I, this I go, one. I told Travis, I go, I'm going to kill, I'll, I'll kill this next one. Because Travis, I mean, we both shot a lot we of birds We were on the right side. Just because we were on the good side that in. day, and it, it was what it was. And I go, I'll kill this one. And it's hovering. And I'm taking my time. And, I'm, <laughs> and I pulled up I go, on it. I go, click. And, <laughs> and I heard fire. the click. And I was like, boom. I go, I go damn it. <laughs> Trying to stole your bird. I didn't yeah, hold it. It was a hit. I don't know who exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember who shot at it. I think you shot it and Joe, and Joe, Joe shot at it. Too. But it folded. After, after they heard the click, I heard, boom, boom. <laughs> but, oh, man. <laughs> I thought you had it, Nick. Yeah, nice <laughs> shot. Yeah, I was like, well, I pulled, but I pulled that shell out. I ejected that mm-hmm. shell, and it had been hit by the fire. Yeah, it had a good, good, but it didn't go off. Oof. So I don't. I, so I just took it and was like, mm. <laughs> get rid of that shell. Keep this one for yeah. water motion. I took it and I was like, grenade out, <laughs> and threw it in the water. You know. Um, well, there was something else that I I heard Stephen was was asking you about the traveling. You said you've been on a couple trips. Yeah. So is that common practice that you tra- travel um, every well, year? Not. I hadn't well, actually done it till this year. I've done it the past couple of years. I got some buddies out in Colorado, and the last time I went. Especially going by myself and hunting with, you know, one or two buddies out there. I mean, you're just smashing them. I mean, you're killing a three-man limit, a two-man limit or a three-man limit every single time. Especially because, and that's, gosh, and that's something that's sick. common around here, I guess. Yeah, no, out here, well, it's like, it's hard to find private ground. Because na- out here, we have flooded corn, we have duck clubs, we have so many people who are putting a bunch of money, millions of dollars into getting ducks to come to their property and that's i mean it's a free it's it's a free country and it's cool if you can do it but you know regular people can't really do it so that's why a lot of us go to draw areas or walk in areas and out there since nobody does that i mean the birds aren't stale at all and i mean any private ground that has a pond or a lake on it and they have a lot of hot ponds out there that are spring fed so they never freeze and 
So you're going out there and you're smashing limits every time. And especially if I go out with like one friend, then it's a lot easier to get onto those private areas because you're not taking 16 guys. You got four to six guys trying to hunt a place and you go ask the landowner and they're like, uh, you know, I don't know. Vehicles. Yeah. And then you go ask them with two people or one person and they're like, Oh, it's just you guys? Yeah, go back there, kill them. And you just go, I mean, you're done by 10 o'clock or whatever, and you have your birds. I've seen three bands killed out there in front of me. I mean, I've never personally killed a band because I'm not that lucky. <laughs> well, wait but, a minute, did you tell me that your wife did? I, no, that no, no, she killed a pintail, okay. pintail drake, which this year was the first year I killed a pintail drake. It wasn't a full sprig, so I didn't get it mounted, but it was it was a pretty bird. So, you know, last time we talked um, on the podcast, mm-hmm. you had mentioned that uh, you were going to see birds come in and move out quick. Yeah. Did that uh, theory come to fruition or so, did, uh, how did that work out? It for was you? kind of a weird year. I mean, I'm going to redact it just because I did hunt near the Mississippi River a lot more this year. And we did see them. Um, I mean, we hunted one spot for two days and we did really well and then there was another spot that we know people went in for like four or five days the next week and just smashed them and then we went out there and there was nothing there's another spot up in uh the place that we hunted ted shanks that i it's always it's been good all year i've hunted it three times no it hasn't it's been terrible it's been terrible, <laughs> it's been terrible. and actually we're talking about talking three times this year Uh, the one time with my dad and my uncle and then um the other time with some buddies tommy and caleb the one day and then Mm -hmm. me and tommy and aaron hunted it the other day. oh yeah no that place uh, is good yeah (laughs) it's just a weird spot because it's right in the middle of that place and it's right between the refuges so they also sit there at night the one day me and tommy and aaron went out there we jumped up probably thousands of ducks them we jumped Jeez. up thousands of ducks that day, getting out to where we wanted to hunt at, and it's just, it's just a different spot, you know. That that spot we hunted back there, you don't normally jump up a lot of ducks back there because there's not a lot of feed back there, but that spot that we hunted, there's always ducks mm-hmm. sitting on there feeding at night. And then uh, also, me and you hunted some private ground that I had seen a bunch of teal there before, yeah. and then. <laughs> We went opening day after it stopped raining, and we tried hunting it, and we didn't do that good. We shot one. Like one or two. And then we went out and hunted a different spot that evening, smashed them, but that was near the Mississippi River. And then me and you went like a week later, and we... Probably not even that. Yeah, not even that. Yeah, it was a few days. It was like three days after season opened. And then me and you did, I mean pretty decent a lot better than what i thought we were gonna do but right. yeah they came in right at <laughs> right at freaking uh right at sunrise and mm-hmm. we, we hunted that same pond me you and uh donnie donnie hunted that yeah pond. we killed a oh dude it was a freaking stud <laughs> of a canvas bag so i have a we've uh, got pictures it I was have, he's getting it mounted i have i'm getting that one mounted i actually have i'm gonna go take a leap i took yeah a, go for it, man i took a pintail to get mounted last year that I had shot with my buddy that we're going to hunt with tomorrow down at his his place and uh it was it had a sprig on it and everything and that was the same spot my dad shot his pintail that he has mounted so I was like that's kind of cool like same same area everything you know yeah that's really but, awesome uh 
we took that one. It's almost done. I got a picture of it on my phone, and it's a pretty cool mount. I can't wait I'm to getting. take a look at it. Who yeah. do you have it done by? Um, so I work at a I work at a butcher house, but I also work at a baseball facility. And one of the coaches, the dad's up there, got to know him, you know. And his uncle down in South Missouri does them, and he does them for pretty cheap. And I was like, for that cheap. If you mess it up, you mess it up. I mean, I'm pretty young. I can probably shoot another one, you know? Yeah. So, But I saw the picture, and I was like, that's awesome. So, and he, my uncle has, for- Yeah, my uncle sent off two last year to get done, and he's got them back already, just standing mounts of them. And they look real good. But I'm going to send that canvas back that we got that one day off. It's a... It's a bowl canvas back. It looks really good. Well, so. after we get done with this podcast, I'll have to take a look at yeah, it. Yeah, no, uh... well, I'm sure you saw the picture of the canvas back with that, that pintail. I'll show you that mount that I'm getting done. It's, okay. it's pretty nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so uh, it's getting to be mid-season. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit the last time me and Travis had talked about the strategies that come into play. <laughs> I think Travis is locked out of the man cave. We'll just wait for him. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah, you can come back in, Travis. It's all right. <laughs> all of a sudden, I get back in. <laughs> I heard a little. Mad. I was like, man, I didn't think I was that annoying. <laughs> we locked him out. We locked him out. No, I was just uh, asking Nick. So it's getting to be mid-season. It's December seventh now. Correct. Um, how have your or have they the strategies changed to what we're going to be doing well, this right, time of year compared right now, to early season? Right now, it's um, it's kind of different because we're not getting much weather this time of year. Normally, December it gets into December and you're starting to get ice and yeah. it's freezing up. But now it's getting up. I think Wednesday it's supposed to get up to sixty so, degrees. Yeah. Wednesday, I'm looking forward to so it. So. <laughs> We're not getting new birds right now, and I know some guys that said there's ice up in North Minnesota, and they're getting four inches. We had of ice, a or maybe we had a I don't push know if that's the last true. couple of days that I've seen some right. more geese around, but but I was checking that it's not the, the major the on X app that we use, and it's 35 degrees in South Minnesota. It's not freezing up up there like normally this time of year. It's in the 20s, teens. It's freezing up. This year we're not getting those birds that we would normally get. Most of the birds are up north still, I think. The big thing is is the the Great Lakes up there, and they sit on those lakes. They're not going to move down until they have to because they have enough food up there, especially this year. They don't even have snow coverage hardly up there. With this Man, year in awful. Canada, <laughs> with this year in Canada, them not being able to hunt because the borders They've had are closed, no pressure, no pressure at all in Canada, and they nothing's pushing them down other than the cold. And, and then we, they get to Minnesota, and those boys the, screw them up. <laughs> <Those boys. laughs> like, we're going back to Canada. <laughs> we're going back north. <laughs> I don't like Minnesota, eh? <laughs> no, but for real, like I mean, that's that's a big thing. But I mean, I feel like. The past three weeks. I mean, bes- not last week so much, but the three weeks before that. I mean, this this year has been at least a record year for me. I don't, I'm, I'm almost here within probably the next two or three weeks. I'm hoping to reach 100 birds for the year. Nah, I'm the same way. And personal, yes. personally, yes. as a group, you guys have. 294. I think what you're in the 70s and I'm, I'm in the 70s. I'm, I'm in the upper 60s I think personally. If so. we can get some cold weather, I've got a few places that if it freezes up everywhere else, it doesn't freeze there 
and we will slay. And that's them. the one thing. Hopefully tomorrow, I'm trying to get into the seventies. Hopefully tomorrow we kill. I'm a few trying birds. to get into like yeah, eight. Trying, <laughs> trying, trying to get up there and just keep pushing the numbers. Travis actually texted me last week, and you yeah. thought that I had passed you. He thought yeah, I, I thought passed, passed him in numbers. I need to add I'm, up my score. I'm, so I'm a little bit lower than him. I think. I think we're kind of having a little yeah, bit of a we're battle together. Close. So we're pretty. Close. Let me, it's kind let of me fun. ask you a quick question. There's something you mentioned, that, and. Keep in mind, I'm as green as they... No, are. that's fine. Yeah. It comes, yeah. But you guys mentioned, first of all, I learned stale was educated. Right. Um, but you also mentioned patterns, mm-hmm. like putting your decoys out in, mm-hmm. in patterns. Mm-hmm. I don't quite understand that, you know, where a, a duck lot. can recognize a, a pattern per right, se. Right, right. Yeah. So well, a lot of times... I think that's put, important to touch on. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of times you'll put your decoys yeah. out most of the time anyway yeah. you'll put a, your decoys out depending on how the wind's blowing so say you're set up looking north and the wind's coming out of the east right you're going to put your decoys out in kind of a a j a j or a c or a c or, or a u or a whatever o, you want to call it and they'll land in the middle but you're going to set your decoys out that well, way so they come down in into that the way wind. into the pocket that you want them to come in they, gotcha. Birds always land, well, not always, and if, if it's a light wind, they don't really care so much. But if there's a, let's say, seven to probably, well, seven or more so when, mile when an hour is wind, important. it's yes, very, very important. important. So if you've got a seven mile an hour wind out of the east and you're facing north because you don't want, you know, you don't want, the sun at this point in the year mostly goes to the south. If you're facing north because you don't want the sun in your eyes because you're, you have common sense. <laughs> Which we don't have a lot of time. We for. don't have a lot of time. We set up and face it up so, so, so many times or this year. So many times this year. <laughs> but if the birds, the winds coming out of, uh, what did we say? The north. The east. Come, if we're east. facing oh, north, okay. coming out of the wind east. out of the east, they're gonna come west to east, and they're gonna come cupped up, and then right before they hit the water, they're gonna backpedal. That's what we call shooting a crosswind, and. So if we have a seven or more mile an hour wind, you can almost guarantee that those birds are going to fly into that wind. If it's five or less, which even a five mile an hour wind, a lot of the times they fly into. Right. But if it's less than five, so will they circle to do that to land? Yeah. So Most of the time they come, always circle. Just kind of give you at, a look at first. this at this time of the year. Right. Early in the year, they see birds. They're coming down. Mm. But this time of the year, a lot of the times they're spooky. So they like to do a circle. They're stale. Yeah, they're stale. (laughs) He's picking up pretty quick. (laughs) But they'll circle you. They'll see, you know, if they see anything, which this time of the year, I spend more time on my hide than I spend on anything. And they'll circle you and take a good look at you. And then they'll get it. If they, you know, don't see anything suspicious, they'll hook into that wind and they'll come straight down into it. Your ideal wind is from your back. And then that way, they're, coming, you, right they're coming right at you. And whenever they're coming right at you, you put the bead right on them and you smoke them. Yeah. Right. But a crosswind, you know, you're leading them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it, it, and that's where the shapes come in because people want to blockers, what, what we call blockers. blockers. And it's just a barrier of birds that scoops around where you want them to land. And that way, because birds like to land in the safest area. Now, if you watch actual birds, so you leave like an open pocket. That's what a lot, a lot of the time, yes. You want to? It's this we time call it the, the kill year, hole, is what you call this time of the year. 
I don't do as much of a kill hole as a kill area. So a lot of the times I like to throw random birds into the kill hole because birds land with birds mm-hmm. all the time. You know, they're landing two feet from another bird because those birds don't make a kill hole. You know, they don't right. make a wide open space. Right. There's a bird here and a bird three feet natural. off to the left and a bird, you know, five feet in front of them. And there's a bunch of birds and then they just find, they'll find their open pocket if you make it look realistic. So enough. you are telling me that these birds, once they get educated or mm-hmm. stale, as you say, they actually can recognize like a they, J or a C pattern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's not like they're saying, oh, that's a J pattern, but they're saying... That's not right. That doesn't seem normal. It looks know? like a kill hole. Yeah, that looks like right. a kill hole yeah. and not a bunch of ducks just feeding. So you know? throwing them out there random in the middle kind of breaks that up. It does right. a little bit. Yeah. Right. And I like to leave... Makes sense. I like to do strong barriers around where I don't want them to land. And then... Where I do want them to land, I give them space to land. Right. So, because a lot of people just leave it wide open, and it's like, oh, okay, so there's ducks along the corn and along the ice and along the other side of the corn, but there's no ducks out in the middle, which is weird, you know. To if you look at feeding birds, they don't do that. Right. And if you have a bunch of random birds, you know, you might throw seven decoys out in the middle, just kind of random. You know, one, two feet away from them, one, six inches, and then another one, five feet away or whatever. And those birds look at that and they're like, oh, well, I guess the food is on the edges. And, you know, there's still a little bit of food in the middle or those birds just landed or whatnot. You know, so it breaks that up to where they don't, it looks a little bit more natural. How much space are you giving them? Um... I mean, a lot of times our kill hole's 20 it, yards. It depends on how you set it up. It's like we were talking like a J, you're going to give them a lot of space. Mm-hmm. coming. If you're hunting a cutout corn, like on the conservation areas that we hunt, the, the a lot of times... Lowest strip, leave a strip. Leave a strip, yeah. Strip. There are most two strips and then leave a strip or two. But most of the time you got that whole strip. So you're going to try to cut them off where you're hunting at and then set up a little further down away from that and try to kill them but make right before sure, you get to that hook. Make sure your hide's good because right. birds this time of year, especially corn, the wind's blowing it down. The It's getting rained on. It's been sitting in water for close to two months. Yeah, it's, you, it's you talk about the hide, but as a... Once again, a rookie hunter, what about the number of decoys? Well, I mean, it sounds to me like you got to have so, a lot of decoys. Sometimes. That depends. So, that depends, uh, yeah. I mean, if you think that the birds are really educated or stale, maybe throw out less decoys. You know, maybe they see a lot of decoys, and they're like, "That's we've seen that a lot. I've seen a lot of those. And a lot of times your decoys aren't moving, especially if you have no wind. They're not going to sway in the wind. What kind of number of decoys? I would give it. You can start with a dozen. A dozen, two dozen, three dozen. Even even half. I've killed a lot of birds over half a dozen whenever I was first starting. I got a bunch of junk decoys. There was a a buddy of my dad's that hunted over in Illinois. I went hunting with him one time, and he had a bunch of floater mallards from like the 90s that half of them had holes in them. I put caulk in the holes. And, you know, I, I would make sure that they were empty, put caulk in the holes, and freaking rigged them up, threw them out, and I killed birds. But, I mean, they don't have to look. They Tomorrow, don't have to. How many decoys do you take? 
Um, I think he probably gave me like three dozen, but only two dozen, for maybe tomorrow, a dozen and a for half tomorrow, floated. When you take Steven for t- tomorrow. So for tomorrow, tomorrow we're gonna, gonna what take... we have is we have a pond and there's a cornfield behind us and it's all, it's just, it's dry, obviously. And I've got two so dozen So what he's going to bring is he's going to bring, he's going to bring silhouette goose decoys and then probably some full bodies and I'll bring two and a half, three dozen duck decoys and he might bring... A half dozen to a dozen goose floaters. So when you're setting up this kill hole and everything, what kind of time do you have to get there ahead of time? Well, it well if you're going on public ground, you better get there early, or somebody's either gonna. Because I know Stephen told me the last time he went, he's like, "Dude, I gotta get up at one thirty or something." <laughs> well, exactly. Like, that was a draw area. So I'm like, "That's crazy." I so mean, a draw area, you have what we hunted that day was a poor line. So you have your reservations, which they're drawn online every week. You put in your conservation number. You get either drawn or you don't get drawn, and then you have a number that you get to decide where you want to hunt. And uh, poor line draw is you go there, you fill out their sign-in sheet, and you go and you pull either pull a pill is what we call it, pulling a pill, which is – just a box with right. a. You uh, said now it's a designated draw. No, right, it's right. Of COVID, and yes. then you look at your pill and see what you got, or if it's an electronic draw, it'll pop up on a screen, and you just type it into a kiosk or whatever. But when me and Steven went, it was a, a poor line draw, and uh, yeah, you their draw is at four fifteen, and then that gives everybody time to draw. Drive out to your spot, walk out to your spot, throw out your stuff, and, and a then lot hunt. of times with the draw, like that day, mm-hmm. we got a pretty decent number. So that day we had, oh, I don't know, probably, mm, what, about an hour and a half to get the boat out to our spot yeah, and we get had, everything set we up. We had a good amount of time. We had like probably, I don't know, an hour or so. We were set up well before. We were daylight. set up 20 minutes before shooting time that oh, day, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's. It kind of, if now the conservation department isn't doing, because of COVID, they're not doing poor line draws anymore. Everything went to red zone or red stage. And now whenever you draw online, your designated number, which you put in for online, the number they give you is associated with a blind. And then you go straight out to that spot. You can't get there earlier than draw time, which is still posted. It's usually like around 4.15, This time of year, probably 4.30, maybe even getting a little later into 4.45. Right. But which it's bad and good because there's a lot of reservations that don't get hunted this year. But those birds get to rest in that unit this time of year, which they usually wouldn't. And you get to sleep in a lot. You get more. to sleep in, but at the same time, you might not get it get to hunt as much. If you're right. if you're if you're only hunting those areas, might not get to hunt as much this year. Right. So. If you don't have any private areas that you're going to be hunting, then yeah, a lot of times you don't get to hunt near as much this year. Which a lot of people are calling in and complaining to the MDC. Which more power to them. I I mean I I support that fully, but I have private spots that I can kind of go to, so I'm not as upset but i totally support everybody that wants to give the mdc a call and complain because they're still holding clinics right now right where they're bringing people in and you know having hunts or education classes or whatever which i don't have anything against that but i also don't have anything against us hunting our own public land which is kind of upsetting to what me. i kind of think is weird is missouri is different on that 
There's, I don't think there is another state that has the draw areas like we do. Yeah, no, we have, we have a really good conservation department for the most part, but this red tier or whatever you want to call it, 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 I don't like it. Yeah, there is a lot of, every other state that I know of, everything is open hunting. All the marshes, everything mm-hmm. is open hunting. You can go out. <laughs> if that hunt, happened here now, there'd day. be fist fights. <laughs> but not, right, right, but that's the thing is, like we were talking, there's a lot more people in Missouri that duck hunt than anything else. I mean, people deer hunt, duck hunters. Deer well, you hunt, see down whatever. in Arkansas videos of them guys racing right. through through flooded timber, going you know 40 mile an hour on a boat, zooming through, through the trees, timber yeah, at everything. 3 a.m. because that's the designated time you can put you, into the water. You can't leave the boat ramp until a certain time in Arkansas. And they race, and there's waves everywhere. It looks dangerous as heck. I'd Nothing to, against Arkansas. I'd love to do it one time. And I, then I've it. heard. <laughs> they may, they maybe need to take up a little bit of Missouri's system, I think. A few. At it's least a popular a, state. At least in People a few areas. Arkansas is the duck hunting capital of the exactly. world. Stuttgart, Arkansas is the du- designated duck hunting capital of the world. And they say the only bad thing about Stuttgart, Arkansas is you go in, you kill your limit so early that you have to figure out what the heck you're going to do for the rest of your day in Stuttgart, wow. Arkansas, because there's nothing else to do. Man, right. that's another, tough. Another yeah. thing that I can Rough think life. That. <laughs> <laughs> must, we hunt till 12 be, and don't fill the limit. Terrible. <laughs> Missouri problems. Yeah, yeah Missouri it, problems. But no, it, it's, I mean, I think, I think what they do is really cool, and I think some of their areas is, you know, really awesome but i think they should have at least a few areas that are are drawn because maybe they just have too many ducks right, they I mean, like you mentioned <laughs> the problem is you're filling them too fast right you know, another thing that i think about that is the last couple of years anyway and this is, is coming from ignorant people who have never hunted Arkansas. right we'd <laughs> <laughs> try it out but who knows? You know, we'd love to go another thing about that is there's you know guys somebody. there's guys down in arkansas and louisiana that will complain like you guys are holding the ducks because yeah down they, in arkansas and louisiana they don't flood crops like we do up here, and no, we're already like, flooded. Right, they have, well, but they only hunt timber and stuff in rice yeah. fields. But you know, they, they don't, don't hunt. They, they don't hunt corn like we do. Well, they complain that we're holding all the ducks up here because they we don't have so use much robo feed. ducks either. So no pulsators, nothing battery or like motor operated, no spinning wing decoys. All of that's illegal down there. Right, but one of the big things that we talked about earlier with holding the ducks up. It's not so much us. I don't think it's yeah, us yeah. that are doing it. I think it's, I the, think weather. it's the weather. Yeah. And you can blame whatever you want, but these past couple of years, it just hasn't gotten cold enough to push all okay. the ducks from Canada all the way down to Louisiana. It just, it just. And hasn't. I mean, it freezes up here. I mean, before the end of season in South Missouri, no. I mean, I don't. I had some friends up from South Missouri one time. They've been hunting duck hunting for probably. I don't know, close to 10 years. And they came up one time whenever we had a, a good freeze. It was like an inch of ice. And whenever you step on ice or go to break ice at first, it makes like a, it almost sounds like electricity. And it's a weird noise. And uh, one of my buddies looked at me and he said, I have never heard that before. I was like, you've never heard ice break before? Are you kidding me? In, in South Missouri. That's what's it's not very far. Another yeah. thing. It's like three hours. It's, right. it's, it's weird because Missouri's, you wouldn't think it, but Missouri's pretty big. And if you go from northwest Missouri or northeast Missouri all the way down to south Missouri, the weather and the terrain and everything is just way different. Way different. different. And some, I would agree with that for yeah. sure. And they, I mean, 
the cool thing about Missouri is, I mean, we've got flooded timber or we got flooded corn. It, it you know, it de- it depends on where you're it's at in the state. Yeah, it's real diverse. Right. You go down south, all they have is rice fields. I've hunted rice fields. I've hunted. I haven't hunted flooded corn, but I've hunted willow patches and all that, which we have up here. But and then I've hunted flooded corn up here. I've hunted hot water ponds out in I've Colorado. Got a if, where is your number one place? If you if you could, you pick your favorite place to hunt over what? That that I've hunted personally. I, that we've hunted or that we Co- wish we could. Hunt. That you wish. Colorado was really place. fun, and I have. I mean, what's the best thing for me to go out and look to hunt? Over? Right, I've gotten to hunt down in South Missouri where they have the timber. Down there's a place down in South Missouri called Otter Slough, and they have timber blinds and it's cypress trees and there's blinds in that. And I got to I've gotten to hunt that twice and I've shot two limits out of there. And I would go down there in a heartbeat again. Yeah. It's a three-hour drive, so but I would go down there in a heartbeat to hunt it again. Flooded yeah, timber. Cypress and yours is what? Probably cypress timber. Either well, cypress timber or oak well. timber. But I've never hunted cypress timber or oak timber. But it sounds... Where's I've, your best hunt come from? My best hunt? Oh, man. Well, my best hunt came from flooded corn probably last year. Because yeah. we killed a four-man limit of greenhead mallards. And we awesome. killed three pintails and five... Uh, green wing like teal drakes and yeah. one goose. We killed yeah, twenty five birds in one day with four guys, and it was right. <laughs> oh my gosh, it didn't get any better because we sat there. My buddy had hunted that spot, I think, two weeks prior, or maybe a week prior, and he said that they killed all their pintails, which all their pintails were, uh, well, maybe one uh, one or two of them were drakes, but the rest of them were hens, and he said they killed some mallard hens too because it was they got there and they didn't realize how good it was going to be and they just shot started duck hunting instead of you know drake hunting they were duck hunting which yeah because the next time we went in there my buddy looked at me because he pulled the same pill pill two which was they lost their pill one i don't know if somebody took it or if they just lost or what but we pulled pill two which is the first spot to choose and we went out, and my buddy looked at me and he said, "We got to keep these other guys calm because I had had I've ki- killed plenty of limits. The other two guys, one of them had just started hunting like three weeks prior, and the other guy had been hunting, but he hadn't ever killed a limit before. And we we were sitting there, and he said, "We got to keep these other guys calm because I want to shoot all greenhead mallards." and whatever bonus ducks we can kill. So we got there. <laughs> First thing in the morning, we had some mallard drakes come in. We pounded all three of them. And uh, we had another bird fly over, and we thought it was a mallard hen because it had just we were hunting right across from the refuge, and they get up off that refuge, and they come right back down on us. And this duck came over, and it was just still kind of gray light, and it was flying past us. And my buddy pulled up on it. It was the guy that had never killed a limit before. He pulled up on it. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, we're only shooting drakes today. And uh, he he came down off his gun. And he said, son of a gun. And the sunrise started peeking. And the light shined on its head. And it was a drake redhead. And he had oh, never no. killed one before. And he said, you non-hen-shooting him efforts." <laughs> And I was like, well, you know, and, but at the end of the day, we killed 16 mallard drakes. We killed the only... So there's no law against shooting 
the drakes or the hens. You, well, you, you chose is. not to. We, you can shoot two mallard hens apiece in Missouri. Okay. And then you can shoot four mallards total, but all four of them can be mallard drakes, and mallard drakes are a lot prettier. Right. We chose to only shoot drakes. But they band hens too? But they do band hens, and I've killed plenty of hens this year. <laughs> but no bands. No bands. <laughs> no bands. <laughs> but this year, it, it's just... I've been shooting whatever flies in front of me. But, yeah, no, he, he, at the end of the day, the only hens we shot, they shot, all three of my buddies shot uh, pintail hens because most of them had never killed a pintail before. And then, and I had already shot two pintail hens. I wanted to shoot a drake. And I ended up shooting, uh, both my bonus ducks were green wing teal drakes. I know I'm going to sound just as green as I am. No, that's fine. Let me ask you a question. So, is there ever a case where you have a guy in the blind with you or you yourself are using like a set of binoculars to try to pick out what kind of bird is coming? Um, is that unheard of? Or not Not necessarily unheard of. There's been, there's been like hunting geese, especially in areas where it's really flat and you can see for a long time. Some guys use binoculars. I've heard of people using binoculars on the way in and trying to see if they have bands or not because the band will shine in the sunlight. But I not not, too, not, not very just, often. Do you I was see just it? wondering, you know, because I mean, it'd be hard. To say a guy doesn't have as good as eyesight as right, you know, right. And, and he's trying to decide. It's what, not something that would be frowned upon by I mean, any means. You'd have but, to be pretty experienced to pick out right male, female, and, and right. what type. And you know, I know I, they fly probably different. Well, the male, the males, and the females don't fly different. But different species, birds, yeah, species yeah. will fly different. Yeah. Like. Any kind of diving duck usually flaps a little faster. Teal also flap faster, but they're smaller birds. And then there's like shovelers fly kind of weird. Their head kind of, their neck kind of sticks up a little higher. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little different. You, you know? This beak, is all stuff you have to learn. Yeah. yeah. And beak shape, like shovelers, that's the one giveaway to me is I have a hard time telling a shoveler from, you know, just a regular mallard or something until they get closer. And even if I can't, it's not a sunny day and I can't you know see their coloring i can make out that big old at the end of their bill they got a big old spoon so there's one thing with like pintails and talking about pintails are you can kind of pick those out a little easier because their necks are a little bit longer yeah their necks are longer their beak shape i feel like is almost a little bit slimmer and then their wings are like pointier than a mallard's and it's a little bit skinnier and wider so and but that is one thing, like, if you're just getting into duck hunting, that takes, is one thing you, you're going to have to learn because right. you don't want to get that fine. If you yeah. get caught doing that, that's, that's if you a kill it's, over, if it's a pretty big – over this – so I say pintail limit is one this year. If you shoot two pintail, that, that's, that's, a a pretty, that's a pretty big fine if you yeah, get so caught you doing can, it. You know, you could you make can a mess legit up. mistake. Right. But that's when it's nice to – like, I kind of had to learn – on my own which was always kind of sketchy but i lived out in the middle of nowhere so i wasn't real worried about it. but if you're going to one of these wildlife management areas or like a mdc yeah. area i mean you there's, definitely want to be on your stuff there's definitely I, potential I, to get checked every time you go out every time you, i wouldn't want to do anything wrong you know, so i would be nervous that's that's why i ask about the, the it's always good to go with a, a mentor experience yeah because yeah. I, there's been a few times. Like you telling that, that I, guy, no, no, no. I mean, 
and it turned out to be a redhead, but I mean, chances are you could have saved him from getting a fine as well. Right. If it right. Been if it would have been, different. if we would have had, you know, all our hens or whatever, right. and yeah. then he would have shot an extra hen, that's a fine. That is right. a fine. But I, I've had times even, because whenever I was hunting by myself, whenever I was first starting, I would let the birds land, and then I'd, you know, look at them, and I'd, I was having a hard, I didn't know all the species even. So I'd sit there and kind of look at it for a while and try to make out what it was. And, you know, I had a book that I would read out of. It was a book with pictures of all the different species. And I'd sit in the the little whatever blind I made for myself and I'd slowly flip through and I'd figure out what species it was, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I'd pull up. Right. And then I'd pull up and I'd shoot because I did hunt with some guys that hunted. areas like draw areas for the conservation and they would tell me you know you know you can't just shoot anything you have to know what it is and then they would tell me whether i could shoot or not most of the time that's what i would need no doubt that's that's one of the things that i got really lucky with growing up and getting into hunting yeah no kidding he got super lucky i've been (laughs) on probably 10 12 years now i don't know exactly when i started i was probably around eight or nine something like that 21 now right yeah but i got uh, I, I, <laughs> I got lucky because my dad, my grandpa taught my dad, my uncles, and I hunt with my dad and my uncle all the time now. I used to hunt with my grandpa before he passed away, but I get to hunt with my dad and my uncle. Until this year, really, I hunted with my dad and my uncle all every weekend, yeah. you know, and getting to hunt with those guys, you really can pick out the bird, especially with my uncle. My dad, my dad knows a lot about it, but my uncle's been around a little bit more i feel like and he's hunted different areas and known but he's seen a lot more and getting to learn from him and pick out this bird and see see the different flight patterns of these and how they fly and what they look like and you really learn a lot faster and how to how to throw out a decoy spread no kid everything like oh that learning gosh. but especially learning from them my family to just it made life a lot easier like learning from what travis has come from and he taught himself basically everything he knows. I got taught yeah. what I My dad coyote know. hunted, and that was it, <laughs> you know? And that's the thing. It, there's pros and cons to everything because, like, you can learn so much, so much faster when somebody teaches you. But whenever you go out and learn by yourself, things are concrete. Mm-hmm. If something didn't work, that was on you. You did something wrong, oh, you know? Right. You threw the decoy spread out wrong. That's why they didn't land right. right. Or you called wrong. That's why they got out of there or you didn't cover yourself well enough and that's why they saw you and they flared you know and flaring just whenever they see you and, and they off, and, off, and you'll see them they'll they'll flap real fast and, and they'll, they'll get out of right. there like yeah. they'll come be coming down and all of a sudden they'll see well, something I, like oh man I've that's had a wrong. turkey flare too Let's yeah yeah i think that's an important point um that you you make mm-hmm. and to know that a regular guy can go out there oh, and absolutely. figure it out on their own. Yeah, is important too because mm-hmm. it's maybe it's a little bit difficult in the beginning. Everything is, and even if you go out there and try and study. I'll tell you another thing that's attractive to me, like you talk about the guy going out and learning on his own, but. One of the things that I hear you guys talking about is the camaraderie. Oh, you know, my God. The sitting right, together, yeah. the BS, yes. the giving oh, each other course, a hard time. All the time. <laughs> you know, that's something that, okay, Stephen and I, we, we bow hunt together. Mm-hmm. But, 
you know, sometimes we sit in the same tree if he's video on or, you know, we're... Three hours somewhere. and don't say a word to each other. Right. Yeah. We're not speaking. Right. right? There's, there's, there's no conversation going on other than, <laughs> here he comes. Right. Know, here he comes. You There'll know, be or, times. So I, I think that to me is, is it's a different form of hunting. It, it's almost play. tribal. There'll, there'll be, the way there'll I, be times, I say it. yeah. Well, there'll be times when we're we're hunting out there, and we'll just be talking. Like the other day at Fountain Grove, we were playing. I was playing music, and all of a sudden, there's <laughs> two ducks right on top of us. Like they're just there, and it doesn't matter if you're being. I, you know most of the time, do you don't want to be loud to play music in the deer stand. Yeah, <laughs> throw exactly. them out of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Luckily, I wear a safety harness. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. We're being loud, and then all of a sudden, there's ducks right on top. No, of us. it's it, it's yeah. so a little it, more leisure, a little bit. It's so yeah. nice yeah, because it. I I I always say it's tribal because everybody wants the same thing to happen. We all want to kill birds. We all want them right in our face, and we all just want a good shot. We want to have a good hunt, and you know you're talking and BSing with your buddies, and it's fun time then, but then. All of a sudden, there's birds in front of you. You're calling or whatever, and if somebody's being too loud, you know, screaming at them, and they're only, you know, forty or, or maybe, fifty yards away, somebody's yeah. gonna say, "Dude, shut up." Maybe even they're you calling know? at a different knock bird, but they yeah, didn't, knock it down. Quite they're calling down. at different birds flying this way. There's but been there's so birds many birds right here, here, you know. And I just that happened just the other day. I was looking at birds, you know, probably three hundred yards out, yeah. screaming at them. Travis, Travis, right here. He right said, here. "Travis, right here." And I looked up, and there's birds like maybe a hundred yards and they're cupped up coming down and you know it's it's not people get on to each other but it's not in a bad way you just want the same you thing do, to you do so, kind of get on each other at times but it's but not you don't a, take it like that. it's not in a right. way like it's not I'm mad at you right yeah it's, it's in a way like dude let's, Learn let's, from let's this. kill these right. birds you know yeah. those are going away these are coming right at us and whenever yeah. you have birds coming in or like swinging for the second or third time and everybody's talking in the blind you're like what do you think, guys? Do you think we should kill him? Yeah, yeah, I think we should kill him. Okay, him let's kill him. Pass. Boom. Yeah. I can't. You know, I mean, I can think of numerous times we did that just on the hunt that I went with you guys. Right, and that the one that I didn't sometimes get, it works. Sometimes right, it didn't. that one right. that I the one hen that swung around over top of the blind. I couldn't really even get it out. Like, let's try it this time because she kind of swung a couple times. But we were on I, the same. We were on the same. <laughs> we were on the same page to where that's why I like hunting with Travis is we're always kind of on the same page and we don't really need to talk about it. Right. Like the one that came over and you got it on video, the one that landed right in front of the bar. <laughs> you know? That's really sweet. Yeah. yeah. But I, I pulled up and shot it, and I was like, I'm sorry, guys, but like in yeah. my head, I had to do that, you know, because yeah. I don't think he was gonna do it again. And some you know? people, yeah. that's the thing. You I gotta, was cow facing hard. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find your group too, because like I've hunted with guys that, you know. Sometimes on the left side of the blind, that's the only chance you have. And if it's one or two birds, go yeah. ahead and shoot them over there. You know, I, that's how I feel. Then, I'm a team player. I want everybody to kill birds. Right. But right. some people, if you know, if they don't have a shot at it, then they get mad if you shoot and mm -hmm. drop a bird. If the bird dies, I'm happy. And that you know, happened. I don't care who exactly. shot it. We're we're a team. Yesterday, um, there was. Yeah, so there that was a bird neck. that no that one, and then and there, was, there was one the yeah. mallard that was coming down like the corn row, and they were a row ahead of me towards our open hole. Because we and had was, a, we had some fast had, strike blinds that we yeah. had laid up, and there was three of us in that. And, and there I had enough room. I had a, a dog person. that I was I was taking out, and I was working with the dog, so I sat closer to the dog, and I was a row back behind where they were, and this hen came over. And it kind—I of, guess my dad said it went behind you guys, and he. I lost knew it, it was at about thirty he lost yards, it. 
and it came right over top of him. And I, I said, I, I don't know if I said it very loud, but I said, shoot that thing. And nobody pulled up to shoot it. So I shot it. I pulled up and shot it. And I go, why didn't you guys shoot at that? Not in a bad way, but like, right. I was like, I didn't mean to make you guys mad or piss you right. off, you know? Like, yeah, he was like, I'm I, sorry. I was like, the bird died. Right. And <laughs> that's know? what my dad said too. He's like, yeah. it died. I don't care. Whatever, you know? I saw it um, out of the corner of my eye and I was like, that thing's shootable right now. But I, I it was just not expecting for you. I, probably about well, that time. I would have had to turn all the way around and shoot. And to well, where Nick I was, was sitting, more... I had a I had a lawn chair that it's a camo lawn chair that I use, and I I was sitting there kind of peeking up at it, and I was like, "That's really shootable." And it was it was getting over my head, and I didn't know if it was going to see me because I wasn't hid the best. Yeah, he yesterday. wasn't. He wasn't like we were, we had those fast strike blinds. It's just two boards that have uh, like bungee cords on them, basically. And you just take pull those bungee cords and you shove grass down in there. And we've got real tall like we talked about that. For yeah, maybe turkey season or dude, that'll uh, work for from deer hunting from the ground, whitetail. Right. Yeah, you can. We'll, put, we'll talk about that after. The yeah, podcast. you could put whatever in it, but like we were sitting in there. But it's really comfortable for three people. You could squeeze four people in there, but he had to run the dog anyways. And one person in the middle of a cornfield isn't that noticeable for people, really. Right, and especially how the corn was. It wasn't very thick, and the tops were kind of cut off. And the leaves were all kind of Every time something was coming in, I was trying to get as low as the water just so I didn't make as big of a black shadow, you know. So I was trying to get as low as I could. And then right at the last second, I'd kind of peek up, be like, let's take these. You I know. think those fast strikes are a big reason why we did kill. We killed eight birds that day, and I think that's the right. reason. Because we did have, I mean, we had a lot a lot of birds. Not a lot of birds, but we had a few birds check us out. We only let one bird go, really. But the birds that checked us out and came within shooting range, all except for two of them. One of them came in as a pair, and we dropped one of them. They they were, were at like 35, and, and 40 they were, yards. They were divers, and they're just flying real, flying scooting like, along, you know? <laughs> super fast. But, and we shot one out of there, and then we had a hen come by us that was shootable, but we had two mallard drakes over the top of it, her. That, that one came in kind of in front of me, and that's another situation where I was a little more, I was probably 15 yards down from them on the right, and I didn't want to shoot that one and mess up the other birds for them, yeah. you know. And then we had those two mallard drakes, and they came to probably 50, 55 yards and another pool shot. And this is one way you tell if ducks are stale. Another pool probably three-quarters of a mile oh, they away. Were, they were, they were way, way I didn't even hear the shot. Nick heard the shot. <laughs> but they shot at some birds that were coming into their pool, and our birds flared off of us. And that's when we tried wow. to pull up. And, and so we you know, pulled up. And these birds are already 55, 60 yards, and Worse they've already flared. Away. They're, you yeah. know, they're going to get it, you know. If you so don't, I started shooting. So, so any, I started anyway, blasting. we started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> we pulled up and started shooting, and both of them got out. But I was, I, I looked at everybody. I was like, I mean, we took the chance that we had. And they were already freaking out. I they weren't going to come uh, in. I went back to the the sled that we had to get more shells because I had ran out of And I pouch. went and moved the mojos. He was going to move the mojos, and he had thought that they didn't shoot, and he was like, maybe the mojos are flaring. I was like, Travis, they shot. That's why they flared. <laughs> He's yeah. like, oh, they shot? I, yeah. had, I had, so I've got it a... sounds uh, like a good day to me if you got to go back and get more shells. Yeah, <laughs> well, it wasn't a bad day. Yeah. I've got a it Danner... A decent day. Uh, old Danner hat with ear flaps, and I had the ear flaps down, and it was cold, so I threw my hood up, so I couldn't really hear much besides... I mean, I was going off site a alone 
And uh, so I didn't hear that shot. And, and I was like, man, I was like, they flared hard. But they were headed straight for the mojos. I was like, maybe they got down there. Because we set the mojos in the corn because it breaks up. It's not as constant of a And then once they get motion. down a little lower, not they can't see, they right. can't see them as much when they get down They just see lower. movement. This right. guy should have been up in the air by now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they just see movement. crazy. <laughs> they see movement, and they're like, okay, you know, we want to land here because there's birds in here. And they were headed straight for it, and they flared. So I just assumed it was the mojos. And Nick's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean it in a, like I said I didn't mean it in a bad way. Just like he was walking over, I was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm moving these." They flared off of them. He's like, like, "I was like, no, they didn't." <laughs> He's like, "They shot over there." I was like, "Oh, okay, all right." I'm gonna take another leap. Oh uh, yeah, no, go for it. And uh, so Nick, this is great. You know, Travis can be out of here. You'll be, you'll be able to talk a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Travis is gone, so I can speak. <laughs> so, so uh, one thing I wanted to touch on was Nelly, the dog you brought. Yeah. Um, had you guys trained her? So that was or him. So um, actually, the guys that I work for at the butcher house, um, yeah, the Schaefer's, they, their dad Danny trains dogs, and they had whatever and. Aaron actually got there's a silver lab. Aaron, one of their, I know, son, one of their sons, got this dog as a pet. Well, he was telling me a story that that dog would walk around and pace in their house all night. It was driving him crazy because you could hear it in the house. So he gave it to his dad Danny and said, "Break this dog, like force break this dog and train it and teach it, you know, how to hunt." So that dog wasn't supposed to be a hunting dog, but turns out. She retrieved every duck that we shot yesterday except for one that was diving on her a little bit, and it, it got behind her. It, at one point, it was the one that we shot over our head. I, I just wing shot it, and it fell, and she was going after it, and she, she knew where it was, and she was going after it, and I guess it got by her at some point and got out into the spread, and she couldn't get it, so I, got, I went out and got it. But every other one she went and got. She's a really good dog. and I was impressed. Yeah, no, she um, – I think maybe been on five duck hunts. She's she so they seems older looking, but two, those silver labs old. look a little bit old. She's two years old. Okay. Um, they they trained her this past year, I believe. I'm not exactly sure, but they train their dogs. They're big into pheasant hunt. They go up to South Dakota. Actually, Danny's up in South Dakota right now. He went up there for a pheasant hunt, and uh, they quail hunt around here. They since there's been more quail in the area, so they those dogs are pointers. Yeah, and they train them for both, you know, waterfowl and Adam, the other son, actually has. Um, he's got a, a whatever you want to call it, yellow lab or whatever, and that he yellow takes, white right, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> what are colors? I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, nobody, the, everybody says there's no such thing as a white lab. Right, right. you ain't no. seen my new pup. Yeah, right, no kidding. that thing <laughs> pretty white. White. But they, but he Adam has one that he takes out to duck hunt, and this silver lab they trained it and force broke it and and how old, it, it was how old was it already when they started when they working I'd on it? I'd say close to two, you know, wow, one and a half maybe two. I don't know Wait, exactly. Wait, training? Then, huh? Yeah, so this really? I you missed that. Um, wow. So that dog was Aaron's pet. They silver no lab kidding. brought it as a pet. That's you know, crazy. And it was an inside I've never inside heard dog, and it was pacing at night. And Aaron was like, I'm tired of this. You know, right. break, like, the dad, Danny, yeah. break that dog. So they force broke Dang, it. Dang, that's Yeah, cool. she's, a, she's obviously, like, you hunted with her. She's yeah, really no, good. She's I hunted good. with her. <laughs> she's like good. Like I said, 
maybe four or five hunt duck hunts that she's been I, on. She's I, been on pheasant hunts and quail hunts, but from what I hear, hunts. is ideal is like seven or eight weeks. It's yeah, and like I mean, whenever you start the basic. That gives training. me hope. I got my dog uh, just recently at seven weeks old, and there uh, you go. It's a it's a male white lab. I'm gonna call it a white. Yeah, right. No, that, hey, that <laughs> you can beat me up on the comments. We don't get that many listeners, so. though. <laughs> I've, got, I've gotten a lot of. That's fine. We have fun. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of information from those just working at the butcher house with the Schaefers there. They they know a lot about dogs, and they've obviously been around dogs, and they've trained dogs. You know, get a lot of information from those guys about how to train a dog and what a dog's doing right, and really what I would think before that they were doing right, but they're actually doing wrong, which you don't want them to do, you know, because it, hmm. it'll lead to something bad bad in the end, you know. Just a bad right. habit. Right, and they, I li- like learning from those guys. Like, Travis wanted to hunt with my uncle and <laughs> learn from what he's seen. Well, I like... I like talking to those guys because I want I want to get a, a dog, you know. I yeah. Like I like hunting with. I would love to keep hunting with Nelly. Like she's a great dog, you know. But but I would like to get one of my own and just hunt when with we all went. The time. Nick Habit was a really good dog. I yeah, was a great was dog. A great that day. dog. Yeah. yeah. Also I, a Clydesdale horse. <laughs> he <laughs> just pulls everything. <laughs> That's what I used to. Whenever I first met him, I just called him Clyde because he that, pulled everything. No. <laughs> So that story when you first the first time we ever hunted together that goose hunt we went on and me Dylan asked me to go on with you guys and uh, I went chasing after that goose that oh we had my dropped. Gosh, I started dude. taking I in full waders and everything took off running down the leg. I got about two hundred <laughs> yards maybe if that and I was dead in full. Waders. I look back and Travis goes, "No, keep going, you're good, you're good. keep going." <laughs> Uh, okay, oh, so I just kept gosh. running and whatever. <laughs> hey, we got the goose. We got the goose. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do like going out and I, that's one thing that I do like doing is going out and finding the duck myself, but working a dog like we did yesterday, I that was fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would love to have a dog of my own or even just even just keep getting to use Nelly, you know. I can't. I, here within the next probably year and a half, I'm going to buy me a Chesapeake Bay because I've got a buddy with one, and they're gorgeous dogs. And I have another buddy with one who made it into an actual duck right. dog. And he said it takes a lot longer to train them, but once they're trained, they mm. are gold. And another dog that we hunted with this year was Rocky from yeah, Gavin, Rocky Gavin from out Colorado. in Colorado. Um, that dog. He, he gonna, fetched 16 ducks. No, Nelly is we a, killed 16 <laughs> ducks that one day. Nelly's a pretty good Colorado, Nelly's a killer. Nelly is a killer. But that dog is nat. That dog of it's just natural. Natural talent. That what do you say? He's been on three hunts. Maybe? Yeah, three well, three hunts, and Gavin spends every day with him. But he doesn't. He hasn't done waterfowl training, like specific waterfowl training. We've done a little bit of training here and there, and I mean Rocky loves to fetch and all that. But he's got natural bird dog in him, and now that he's been on three or four hunts. He's doing this. He's, he's look, looking up. He's looking he's up. Looking he's ducks. looking for birds, and he knows what's going on. And yeah. he, just from, you know, my buddy just pointing at things and, and shed hunting and all that, and he understands what a hand signal means. So he, he doesn't do it like, you know, the professional dogs run out there, and you can blow a whistle, and they'll look back at you. But... If you go like this, that dog's going to run straight in that line. Well, and that, that gives me hope. That they had asked me yesterday when I went up to talk to him about it, did she look at hand signals? And I said a couple times she would look back at me and I would say, 
Right. So over there, and she would take off running that way, which they hadn't really worked with her on much. Actually, that's cool. That's, that's pretty cool. That's yeah, natural that she knew how to do that. Mine yeah. uh, natural. Bird. The dog bird I picked dogs. up, we named him Archie. Uh, Archie's supposed to be a shed hunting dog, so you know maybe we can get the best of both worlds, oh, but. Uh, I've been watching a, a lot of YouTube yeah. trying to Dude, figure YouTube's, out how to train this this right? dog and I've uh, got a guy that I'm excited. I can uh hook you up with if you need like just tips or here and there. Sure. Yeah, I'm I bought to that for sure. I bought a dog from him and my dog sadly had an accident and she died, but he gave me a lot of pointers and the guy is just a whiz with dogs mm-hmm. and he does it professionally. That's all he does is all year he trains labs. And he he can probably give you some point. If you get, like, frustrated with, like, something that your dog's doing, then I can Right, and even on that, okay. same with the yeah, Shepherd same Boys, with you know, like, if you have a question, ask me, and I'll relay it to them and see what they think, you know. Definitely. There's been questions that I've asked just Adam the other week when we went down to Otter Slough and hunted asking about my uncle's dog to see like maybe what you know i my uncle has he's been moving and stuff and hasn't had a lot of time to train that dog and i was just kind of wondering like what maybe they needed to he needed to do and adam told me right away like answered my questions and everything yeah you know just they've been around it and they know Mm -hmm. well he's eight weeks and uh he knows his name he's fetching pretty good he knows how to sit he knows a little bit how to stay. He knows how to go to his kennel. So I'm pretty impressed. Yeah. Right. No, that's pretty, He knows that's some other things from the yeah. videos you've been sending me. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to hump. Yeah, he knows how to hump <laughs> all the dogs. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll take care of that distraction. <laughs> no, dude. All those videos you've been sending me have been cracking me up. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, yeah. That's good that he knows that, though, like just his name and – Definitely and this early. Somewhat staying, you know, this yeah. early, it's, that's great. And then maybe even if you're making him a duck dog, get him to work out of a little blind or something. That's and the plan. Jump yeah, into water plan. as long as he likes water and he's okay with gunshots. One thing you know? I liked about uh, the commands that they taught Nelly mm-hmm. is place. Yeah. Because instead of spot or something like that, place sounds like no other order that you're going to give him. Right. And that's the thing. And what were you using place for? For the blind. The blind. And, and okay. even, I used it for the dog box, too. And I guess that's what they wanted me to use. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't really ask too many questions about it. But she went right into the dog mm-hmm. box for when we were driving she up knew there what driving back. Right. And she knew. And that's awesome. You know, especially for a dog that hadn't been trained until she was almost two years old. Yeah. Now she's two, you know. And that's awesome for her. Like, 100%. And, and yeah. them, you know, that's that's something to put on. If they wanted to do training, I, I know that they have done training in the past, and I know Danny does training. I trained a two-year-old dog how to fetch a duck, you know, right, and yeah. to listen to my commands. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Here's video proof. Yeah, that's awesome. Right, here's, here's <laughs> video proof. That's why I, I wanted video for them. I told them as soon as we were taking <clears> her out, I was so like, sick, I'll get some pictures and video with a for dog. you. Like, I love duck hunting, and I'm going to duck hunt until the day I die, <laughs> but... And I don't think there's anything better, but having a dog there working that is on, like, when you're on the same wavelength with your hunting dogs or your companions, it just brings a whole new element to the hunt. And it it was just awesome. I mean, because whenever 
you shoot a duck and that dog just he he or she immediately knows what's going on and takes off and goes and brings that duck straight to you it's like man this dog knows 100 percent why we're out here just like whenever you take you know buddies or whatever and you're all wanting the same thing your dog wants the same thing your dog wants to run out there and it wants to fetch ducks for you mm-hmm. so as long as you're hitting them you know your dog probably ain't too mad <laughs> it's just like what we were talking about earlier before the podcast about running dogs for rabbits you know oh what i mean gosh, it's just yeah there's just a relationship there that when you see the training oh absolutely since since we domesticated wolves dude and (laughs) that's why dogs are man's best friend not freaking cats all right (laughs) and that's why that's why i really wanted they're pest control that's why i wanted to take nelly out the other day she hadn't had a lot of hunts over and i just wanted to get her to see birds dropping in front and we had a lot of birds drop right in front of her which was Mm. awesome most of the birds we killed yesterday dropped right in front of her which was great and that's really the only reason i know she hadn't got out to hunt much and aaron doesn't get to do a lot of hunting duck hunting anyway and i thought what about fountain grove to take her up there and try to kill some birds in front of her you know and definitely i yeah i haven't i mean i've hunted coyotes with dogs a lot but i've i've hunted Ducks with dogs, maybe, I don't know, for one season or two seasons that I didn't get to hunt near as much. This season, I bet you half of the hunts have had dogs on them, and those are the coolest hunts you'll ever go on. It's just wild. So besides, you know, um, the decoy patterns, is there anything else in the mid-season that you guys would change or look for to do differently this time of the year. I would say just watch how the birds are flying. Like the first group, really watch that first group or first birds that work you. Just to see how they pressure. Just to yeah. see how they work. And if they don't work right, maybe change something. That second group, the first and second group are big on what you're doing that day. Because they're going to come right after each other. They're going to be separated most of the time. They're going to be two separate groups. And they're going to, if they say the same thing, and that's not a good thing, if they say something that that you you know i don't like this for some reason you better start changing you, stuff you right better now move or, your decoys or your, move your mojos or, or whatever you got yeah, whatever you exactly. got to do because most of the time early in the morning though you your hide's fine that's a little later in the day kind of deal once the sun actually gets up but if they're seeing something right off the bat you need to change it fast fast Literally. because if you don't you're just going to have the same thing happen all day and you're going to walk out of there with no birds and really frustrated. Yeah. It's like, and that's the worst whenever you wake up super early, you drive out to wherever you're going to go, you set up everything, you work really hard to kill your birds and then they're stale. So they're smart, you know, they're picking out whatever's not right. And if you're afraid to change it, and that's one thing last weekend we had we changed multiple times yeah we things. changed like three or four times and then times even even this throughout past, the day even this past weekend we changed our hide mm-hmm. you know like like you and kenny changed a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that day i like when i was cooking breakfast the one time you guys changed a bunch of stuff that was going Man, on you brushed it we brushed it, while it they were 12, gone yeah technically i guess it was p.m 12 p.m me and you went out and grabbed a bunch of brush and brushed the blind if you're hunting a public blind brush it because of people who hunt public blinds are not going to brush them. It's going to look like a mud mound, and those birds have been shot out of a mud mound for the past 30 days. You're not going to kill birds like that. You got to hide. You got to hide. Make it look different. Make it look different somehow. Make it look more natural. Natural. 
that's the the biggest thing. And if you know, I don't know. Don't be afraid to use less decoys. Don't be afraid to use more, more decoys. decoys. Don't less be afraid mojos, to pull no mojos. Yeah, pull yeah. mojos. Mojos, I feel like, is the first thing people people will pull. Yeah, but if that doesn't work, keep changing stuff because the, you're not going to kill birds that are keep seeing stuff. Like, and you were talking about wow, well, out in Colorado, there was a day a couple of years ago. Me, my dad, and my buddy were hunting up at Eagle Bluffs mm-hmm. in in Columbia, and uh, the wind stopped blowing, and we rigged up a. Um, a jerk cord and we just made a little motion in the water and all of a sudden ducks were pouring back Which, in if, you know if you're having a hard time if you don't have a weight or you don't have uh you know a bungee cord or something or even like yeah. a fiberglass pole or pvc or it's whatever tough. to make a jerk rig as long as you keep stringing your bag you can grab if you have a willow and a knife you can cut Hold. a willow and stick it in the ground and they're flexible enough that you can use it as a a, you can make it into a jerk rig one thing that i always keep in your bag is some string and maybe even just a little weight yeah just like a a pound weight especially if you're boating in right if you're boating in i always keep a weight and string in my bag just in case i i haven't had to rig it up but that one time but the wind stopped blowing we didn't expect the wind to stop blowing that day but it did and it Mm -hmm. paid off for us we killed another five or six ducks after that so it worked out well yeah so it sounds like uh, the biggest thing for this midseason is Change adversity. Change you know what up. I mean? You are seeing something that's not working. You need to change it yeah. right now. Yeah. And don't, um, like, cause I've whenever I first started hunting, I I would see the first group not working. I was like, well, maybe those are just you know maybe, smarter birds. Yeah, maybe those are smarter birds, or maybe they just saw something. Maybe I need to hold still mm-hmm. or something. And if you're holding still every time and not looking you know face straight up and they're not seeing if they're not flaring real hard so whenever they're whenever they come down they're cupped up they're you know coming in and they're at 40 yards 50 yards and then all of a sudden you hear their wings just and they take off or they're you know they're gaining height you should make sure that you're hidden make sure that your hide's good because a lot of the times, whenever they flare real hard, it's because they see you. If if it's not that, then it's either A, mojos, I think, or B, everything's still. Your decoys are still. Yeah, and that's know, a big thing. That's a big thing this time of year. Even now, especially like when mojos first came out, big thing. But now it's water motion. You gotta have water motion. Water motion. You gotta have ripples on the water the whole time you're hunting. And if you don't have ripples on the water, they're gonna look at you and go, "No, nah, probably not." Jerk rig's the easiest way to get away from that. A, a heavy weight and a bungee cord and a lot of string that you can tie to your decoys. You can pull three it. Four, three get, or four decoys. Put them on there and just pull it from where you're hiding. Mojo at. spreaders, I think, are like twenty, thirty bucks. They yep. hold four decoys per per uh, spreader and you can put several of them on one jerk rig if you want to go more expensive the pulsators like you got or yeah i I bought the wonder duck like i have or Mm -hmm. yeah anything Anything that that makes water motion i think water motion over everything i i'm never gonna pull a water motion decoy and the reason why is because it looks like a regular it looks exactly like a duck that's feeding it's kicking water now anyway and it's kicking ripples out and mojos, they look realistic for a little bit, but a bird that never lands probably isn't a real bird. Right. 
a bird that's feeding, it never looks unnatural. I don't think. And I don't think that's ever going to change, really. I yeah. I think a, a motion duck on the water that's feeding, there's I, there's nothing that's ever going to make that, that duck that's in the sky go, that doesn't look normal. Man, he's been feeding a long right. time. Right, no, yeah. It, no, they're and, not thinking about how, how many seconds that thing's head's been under yeah. the water or but, whatever. But, but that, that, that spinning... Spinning decoy. I, I think a bird floating in the air for 25 minutes. <laughs> Be like, or, well, would land by or five guy, minutes while they're working or whatever. I that think guy's been spinning right there for a long time, right. you know. And I well, think I think the alternating uh, spinning wings make a lot of difference. I think those are a good tool, but at the same time, I mean, I'm not sure if I I don't have a remote for them, so I don't have that alternating spinning, which is a a spin and then it wakes five seconds or whatever and then it spins again i feel like those are a lot better and a lot more natural but again you're float it's a floating duck it's like the the flock of flickers that mojo came out with they mm-hmm. were very the water got into the uh, the motors on them and kind of shorted them out a little bit i have three of them left that i have and i've killed ducks over them and but they spin they they sit in the water a little like maybe two inches they three just inches look like wide a feather and look like, like a, a feather, feather, and they they spin, uh-huh. and then they stop, and then they spin, and then they stop. And, they, and they're it's, good for it's, motion in the decoys, but they get... But you put them right between your decoys, and it just looks more natural. And it's something that's just small, and it's not a mojo, it's not a big flash, it's just a little flash, and it's every just, now and then. It looks like a duck sitting on the water, just kind of stretching, stretching its, its wings. wings out. Okay. And Mark, uh, my buddy Mark Huber had... Uh, he said that he had some, and they also shorted out. I'm not sure if they ever fixed that. They I don't may know have if they sell now. them anymore or, or not. not. I'm not but, quite sure. But, but I know at least yeah, the old ones did that. They I, did. I mean, if you're going to buy one, I would at least call them. Uh, they're great tools, but I would call I think, Mojo I think they ask. come in a six-pack for $100, which isn't a bad deal, really. Yeah, it's not a bad deal, so, especially for motion. I yeah. think I paid... Like one thirty for right. one and of my pulls. Those wonder ducks are a hundred dollars a piece that I have. Right. So. Yeah. And yeah. but and that sounds expensive for a decoy. But it, in but it, we, on those days where the water is just glass, they're they are well worth their money. I've killed a lot more birds over my pulsators. I feel like than I have the rest of my decoys. Those are awesome to have. They just those the wonder ducks do create a lot of motion. They create ripples, but those those pulsators that you have and it's just and a game several, changer there are several companies that make them i like higdon yeah ones just because i feel like they're field proven and and mine whenever we're trying to save battery in the mornings you can leave them unplugged and the plug can sit in the water and it doesn't short it out or nothing it doesn't burn anything up they're waterproof the batteries last for probably five or six hours if they're fully charged and you just whenever it's about shoot like five minutes before shooting light we go out there and we plug them in and they work all the time and i've never had an issue with them and they also make a oh it's like a mallard decoy basically with a bilge pump on the bottom that pumps it out the back and you just put a weight on it and it'll swim in a circle Mm -hmm. and that's one of my yeah, next I, buys, I feel like, because Rogers had did, a deal on them, and I was thinking about they, they. I was thinking about buying them, but I didn't, and I just didn't have the money at yeah. the time. And I, I next thought year, about it, you know? I've spent too much money on gear this year, <laughs> right. but next year, I think I'm gonna probably try to buy two of them because if you have 
each of them swimming in opposite directions, two pulsators in the water. That's a lot of motion. And really, and a jerk rig. When you have four motion decoys out there, uh, we have we have three. Mm-hmm. When you have four motion decoys out there, the water just moves so much, and it, oh it looks so God. good because you can put them in every s- every point of your decoys. If you want to do what we were talking about earlier and put the decoys out in the middle, a few decoys out in the middle, put one in there, just spread them out throughout your whatever spread you you've got. got going ripples on. going everywhere. And another trick is like the other day we had uh, we had a lot of wind, and the pulsators weren't putting off as much motion because the wind was the ripples were knocking it down. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting, I have some fast strike blinds, which are really nice for walk-ins in the marsh. You just throw them in the sled, and then you carry them out there, and then you have a wall of, you know, cover to sit behind at least. And it looks pretty natural, especially if you're hunting in flooded corn or something. It just looks like or a spot that didn't get weed. sprayed yeah. or something. Well... We were sitting there, and my feet, you know, from my foot to, like, mid-calf is all the way in the water. So as I'm calling in ducks, I'm moving my ankle back and forth and create ripples. And it just made a little bit more motion, looks a little bit more natural. But if you watch videos from above, like drone footage or whatever, of ducks feeding, they're constantly moving back and forth, back and forth. And even if they're sitting in the same spot, they're moving back and forth that's why jerk rigs work so well pulsators you'll see if you're watching drone footage of feeding mallards they're kicking water up you know they're making ripples everywhere so yeah if uh if you're looking for you know uh electronic or robo duck of any sort i'd go water motion almost before i yeah. go and like a lot mojo. of guys down in arkansas that's in the timber hunts they are they're hidden pretty well, you know, and I watch videos on those guys. Yeah, they're kicking water. They'll kick constantly. water the whole time. Just Robos because are they're illegal hidden. Down there. They're hidden and they can kick water and just tuck behind the tree and kick more water, you know. And and those ducks are flying over there seeing those ripples. They know what I don't think they know, oh hey, there's no ripples down there. This isn't natural, but I think they look down there and they think something ain't right. That doesn't look like it usually does. Right. You know, it's, they're not putting two and two together, but they know what's not right, you know? Yeah. They know what they haven't got shot over, and that's a bunch of ripples in the water. It's important. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. So. Um, Well, uh, I feel like uh, we need to probably wrap it up. Yeah. (laughs) We've been going for a long time, and I think we could go for a lot longer. There's a lot of good information to be had here, and I imagine that we'll be talking again, you know, shortly. Within. Yeah, shortly. A <laughs> uh, lot, lot of good stuff on this waterfowl hunting, and I, I hope that uh, the the listeners can take away a lot from this because, I mean, I know we rambled a lot, oh, but stories uh, and whatever. But, but there's a lot know. to take away from it. You, oh, know, you guys, you guys touched on a lot of stuff, and uh, even from a, you know, as Matt would say, green hunter, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that's really fresh with the uh, waterfowl world. You know, I learned a lot from this podcast, and uh, I can't wait to uh, to dive in a little bit more. Tomorrow's going to be exciting. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm so excited for tomorrow, especially just the amount of birds we heard yeah. t- tonight. That was wild. Really excited but, hey, also, if anybody has any questions about duck hunting or whatnot, um, yeah, just my Instagram's born underscore to hunt. And, I mean, I, I've never you know not responded to somebody that asked me a right. question about waterfowl so it i don't care you know 
I might not get to it immediately because I might be in the marsh or whatever. Same but, with me, you know. yeah. Nick underscore Wilkie 29 on Instagram. And if you want to let us know if you have any questions. Yeah. I'm not asking for a know. follow, but I'm right. just saying if you, have, if any you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. Yeah, and love to answer your questions that you have. And, I love hunting. Yeah. or I, I love helping new hunters. Like I did today with that guy that asked me the question about Eagle Yeah, Rush. that was just on Facebook. Yeah, just on just Facebook. Just a random somebody, dude Somebody asked, asked about, me a question about it, and I let him know, and he said he shot a limit today up at Eagle Bluff. So fantastic. that's awesome for him. You know? That's great. And uh, you guys are definitely a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the waterfowl, and I've learned a lot so much from you guys so far. And just uh, – you know, it wasn't uh it wasn't the perfect hunt, but we had a great hunt I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And we got that video on uh the five seven three page and uh you know, hopefully we have a, another video to show you guys after tomorrow's hunt. Yeah, no, I, I got so. a good feeling about yeah, tomorrow. I hope so. Like knock on wood. Uh let's see wood. <laughs> Close but, enough to no wood. Oh there, there we go. But, knock on wood, <laughs> but uh I hope I'm, I I got a pretty good feeling about it. Yeah, uh, you guys will probably see this uh, podcast next week, but hopefully there's a video just yeah. after. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, hope so. I'm not I'm not saying we're gonna smash it, yeah. but right. I hope we smash. Thanks for having, <laughs> thanks for having us. Yeah, soon. no, we appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, guys. Uh, appreciate you guys coming on, and uh, we'll we'll do it again sometime. Appreciate it. So, uh, see you guys on the next one.